And it's another Friday, and it's another opportunity for us to hear our good friend Andrew Gamison. And this is Speaking for Him. Andrew, take it away. As we are embarking on December, hard to believe it's December already. Uh, Chad's already been in, in the producer chair for several episodes and very pleased with what he has brought to the show. But as it is December already... He's you firing may, me. Guys. You, you may be thinking about what you're going to get your loved ones for Christmas. And I am actually here today to give you a recommendation. Um, we're going to talk to a friend of mine named Andrew Harmon, who developed a board game called Portals and Profits, which is a biblically-based adventure board game. And I'm going to play uh, in just a few moments um, an interview that I did with him um, just prior to recording this for you. Um, but Chad, uh, uh, do you play board games? Yes, I do. Not uh, very often, but I do. What are some of your favorites? Um, well, me and my kids have been playing Candyland a lot lately. And I have okay. to admit, I don't know if you've heard the bad news about Candyland. But they no longer have the molasses swamp. No molasses swamp. No molasses swamp. How are we going to teach our kids to function in life without the molasses swamp? So, so now you now you don't get stuck because everyone's a winner. Is that is it part of the everyone's a winner? Uh, I don't know. Or like no, that? because there's always one person who wins, but nobody gets <laughs> stuck in the molasses swamp. I don't know. Maybe there was some sort of violence related to the molasses swamp <laughs> that. Made it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You never know what's what's going Somebody on. Somebody got in sued. Society, you know. But anyway, so this, um, I think, will be an exciting Christian board game. Uh, Andrew and I talk a little bit in the interview about how a lot of times it seems like um, Christian versions of the typical games pop up and they're not as good. That's like true. I have played the Christian apples to apples. It is not nearly as good as regular apples to apples. And while there may be a few cards that we have snatched out of the deck, for the most part, it's a clean family game, and there's no reason to Christianize it. Hmm. So I'm excited to share with you a, a unique game that is Christian, but is also full of an adventure, and is new and not really based around something else. So let's get into our interview with Andrew Harmon and hear all about it. All right. Well... It is my privilege today on the Speaking for Him podcast to have with me um, my friend Andrew Harmon. And Andrew, uh, we are very excited to, or I'm very excited to talk to you about your uh, new game, uh, Portals and Profits. So if you don't mind, we'll just jump right in to um, our interview questions. And first of all, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your family and growing up. Um, 
reading for myself and be able to take it in, um, it became a little more personal. And that's sort of when I came to, um, but that's when I came to have a relationship with the Lord and that kind of shaped the rest of my growing up years and, um, and really even shaped all the way up into making this game Portals and Prophets. Okay, well that is a great segue. Um, what particularly led you um, to create this game? I know I've been following your progress from pretty early on via Facebook and such, but, but what led you to, to think about putting together a board game? Well, I, I've created a lot of board games growing up, but they were more for family and friends, and it was kind of a tradition to um, come up with a new game every Christmas for family get-togethers and stuff. But uh, the idea for Portals and Profits, I think there's a couple things that influenced the creation of that game. Uh, one was I took a trip to Israel in 2014, and just being um, in Israel and seeing the, the different places where um, different events from the Bible happened, it made me want to um, create a board game that would help people learn more about Bible geography and Bible history. And then uh, another um, big influence, I think, was working on uh, a film project for Rock International called King of Glory, and Rock International has a big focus on uh, the chronology of uh, biblical events. And so that was kind of a where I kind of got the idea for having a timeline in the game. So uh, for those that don't know how the game works, basically, you are traveling through time trying to witness different events from the Bible by being at the correct location in basically the board, the map of Israel. You have to be in the correct location but you also have to be in the correct time period. Time period, there's a timeline in the game, too, and, and uh, so you have a marker that changes throughout the game for where you are in time. So you want to time your travel so that you're at the correct location of events, but also at the correct time so you can play your cards and score points. Oh, that, that sounds really interesting. Um, I am... I know you're, you're, as of this recording, um, earlier today I found out that your Kickstarter is fully funded. I know you are still collecting some funds to, to make the game even more deluxe. So I will definitely be um, uh, purchasing at least one, possibly um, two, a two-game bundle, um, so that I can support your effort as well as to get a chance to play this game. And I, I, I kind of felt like it was refreshing that you uh, went the board game route as opposed to, you know, trying to design a video game or something more high-tech, because I, I do think board games are awesome, and I like them because they require a little bit more forethought than than electronic devices do, even though I do like my electronics yeah. as well. Um, so can you talk a little yeah, bit? Yeah, and also, I... Oh, Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, also, I mean, I... I like board games because they are a little more interactive too a lot of time and it's a good experience for like something that a whole family can take part in together. Oh, absolutely. Where often like a video game, it's maybe like one or sometimes there's like maybe two players or something, but yeah, I, I just love the feel of a board game. 
And what what is the optimum players for portals and profits? Well, the um, it can play from two to five players. I think my favorite. I've, I've heard everyone has a different thing on what their favorite number is. Um, some like even just like the two player experience. I like four players a lot. Um, I think that works really well around four players, but really it works well from two to five. Well, some board games um, are a little bit boring with two players, but if if your board game works well with two players, that's good because sometimes it's hard to find more than two people to play a game. Yeah, I actually had a reviewer that he specializes in only two-player games, and he gave it a huge thumbs up, so um, I thought that was pretty cool. I see that as a big plus. So tell me about the process of creating this game. Yeah, well... I mean, first there's the initial idea, and then you try, kind of create a rough prototype with cardboard and pieces of paper, and it looks really crude and uh, not very professional at all. But you, you're just trying to get the kind of see if your idea works, the mechanics that they work together. And pretty much nine times out of ten, when someone does that, it's not going to be right the first time, or sometimes not even close. But I put. Um, I played it a couple of times and um, I was able to quickly make some tweaks and then it, be, it was basically a two-year process of trying something, trying to get together different players and then finding what worked, what didn't, and tweaking it a little bit and then I would lay in bed sometimes at night and just have my uh, wheels would be turning trying to think of like, how do I fix this? this issue or make this part part better and then a new idea would come and I'd have to re- rework things to see if I could fit, fit that new idea in. And then uh, basically when it gets pretty, when I, get pretty hap- when I got pretty happy with how it was playing, then I started refining the artwork and I'm actually still refining the artwork. But um, after you play, after I played it with family and friends, I started introducing it to strangers and people I didn't know. And uh, even had people play it by just reading the rule book without me being there and seeing if they could understand how it worked. And eventually send it, send it off to professional reviewers and got some great feedback from that. So, And then I started a Kickstarter to try to raise funds to make the game become a reality. So um, that's kind of where it's at right now. Well, well, let's talk a little bit about that. As we alluded to, um, it's officially 100% funded. You're still collecting some more funds to make it a little bit better. So talk a little bit about what the Kickstarter will allow you to do. Will you be able to, in other words, will you be able to make um, uh, additional copies above and beyond what you're, what you're promising as rewards for donations? Like, and is your plan to find a distributor, right. or how is that going to work? Yes, uh, so basically, most manufacturers, they have a minimum amount of games that you can produce with them, which a lot of them is a 1,000 games. So, okay. so to create a 1,000 games, it can be fairly expensive, and so Kickstarter is sort of a, a way to raise a lot of that money by people that were interested in getting a copy of the game. So Kickstarter is almost like pre-orders, except that you're also helping the person create what they're trying to create at the same time. So, um, yeah, so basically the 
the goal was set at $12,000, which was, it's pretty close to what I needed to produce the game and then send it to people that help support the game. Um, I was gonna, from 12000 I'd have to pay a little bit out of pocket myself. Uh, but um, as we keep um, going past our goal, I'm able to reinvest the funds that I get from the additional amount and use it to improve the game and make it better, like better component quality and stuff like that. So it's so it's very it would, it would behoove people to still continue to donate to this Kickstarter, and as of the posting of this um, podcast, uh, which will which usually I usually I record way ahead. This one will go out um, the week of its recording, and so you'll have about a week after this podcast posts to make donations to Andrew's Kickstarter. So I would encourage you to do that. We'll have the Kickstarter link on uh, my blog post for this podcast episode. And so I just encourage you to check it out. Like I said, I will be uh, going on there probably in the next day or so to make my contribution to this because I'm very excited. Um, and I know you had said something um, in like a video promo for it, how you were kind of disheartened by some of the games that, board games that do pass as Christian board games. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I really resonated with what you said there. Yeah. I, well, one reason why I wanted to make this game is that I don't really see a whole lot of Bible-themed board games that are available that seem to be that good. And a lot of them seem to be uh, simply trivia games. So, and I, and I think trivia games have their place and they can be good, but it seems like that's all that there is. And so this game is a strategy game. So you don't even have to know anything about the Bible to play. But as you play, you learn about biblical geography and history. Um, and also, it seemed like a lot of the games, they didn't really focus on making a game that was fun or had, like, good game mechanics and a game that would make you want to come back and play more and more. So... Even if you do learn something from a game, but it wasn't fun, then you want to play it again, so it's not really that useful. So I wanted to make sure my game was fun and something that was re replayable. And, um, yeah, I wanted it to be something that, that a lot of different ages could play, so that the rules were simple enough that younger players could play, but then there was enough strategy there to keep more experienced gamers interested, too. And, and a lot of um, Bible-based games are like trivia, and you can kind of whip through the trivia cards and kind of almost get to the point where you memorize them all, and then the game isn't as fun. So, um, Right. And then everyone has to sort of be at the same level. Otherwise, it's not that fun either, because if you... I mean, maybe it's fun if you're the one that knows everything, but if, it's kind of intimidating if you're the one that doesn't know very much. And you're like, well, I don't really want to play a game where I'm going to show how little I know about the Bible, you know. So then you, maybe the people that would benefit from it the most aren't playing yeah. the game, you know. So. All right, well, now you have 30 to 45 seconds as we wrap up here to sell my audience your game. So give us your best pitch. All right, well... Uh, yeah, the game is Portals and Profits, 
and it plays in about half an hour to an hour, and it's for all ages. It's great for the family. It's a biblically themed game. It um, has a lot of strategy, but it's also simple enough for pretty much anybody. But you're you're basically a time traveler going through um, the land of Israel, trying to witness different events that actually happened in the Bible, and trying to score points by collecting different sets of events and different uh, events have symbols on them that will help you in the in-game scoring so there's a lot of different strategies there but it's just a it's a fun game it's not too deep or complicated but there's there's stuff there for everybody all right well thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us andrew and uh, we'll get this podcast posted for you and we hope that uh, I hope that everyone who is listening will at least take a look at the Kickstarter, and uh, and let and we'll let you know as things progress. Maybe we'll even have Andrew on again after it comes out and um, talk about some feedback that I get from playing this game. So um, thank you for your time, and I hope things continue to go well for you. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that was my interview with Andrew Harmon uh, here on the Speaking for Him podcast. Hope you all enjoyed. And there you have uh, the interview that I pre-recorded with Andrew Harmon. Thank you, Andrew, for taking the time out of your schedule uh, to get this interview for us. And again, I think this would be a good uh, Christmas gift um, to consider for those on your list that are game board enthusiasts. You will have to give them a IOU because the game is slated to be produced in July of next year, but it will be a it will be worth it, I think. And it will who doesn't want to get Christmas in July? So I think it's I think it's in some ways a win win. I don't uh, want Christmas in July. Well, I don't uh, want Christmas music in November. Why would I want Christmas in July? Well, I don't want snow, <laughs> and I don't care for Christmas music in July. Although I do like Christmas music, I won't lie. Uh, when I was younger, I had this fight to get to October 25th before I would dig out the Christmas music. Now I'm a little bit more disciplined, but I am glad that it's past Thanksgiving, so I don't have to worry so much. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I think this would be a good choice. It seems to be uh, a well-done game. I'm excited to uh, get it myself and to try it out. And like I said, we'll hopefully be back and give you a hands-on review of what that was like in the future. So that's all I have for you today. I hope that you are uh, not getting too frazzled uh, with the holidays. Um, our Christmas episode is coming in a few weeks. So stay, stay tuned for that and much more excitement as we continue to roll on on the Speaking for Him podcast um, uh, on past Christmas and into 2018 as the Lord wills. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend and that you keep serving the best of men. To today's episode, your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.